today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought. Twitter, the speech police at Twitter have uh, suspended the Daily Wire uh, podcast host, Matt Walsh, uh, for his posts that uh, counter-argued the gender identity of transgender people. I would say that's the new third rail of politics, but pretty much everything's a third rail with the cancel culture crowd. We'll talk about that a little bit. We'll talk about wealthy leftists who demand that poor white kids in Appalachia uh, need to be taught about their damned white privilege. These snotty liberal pricks need to go live in Appalachia sometime and see how it really is for people without privilege. Uh, Diogenes has a piece about Glenn Greenwald, who's a liberal, but an actual journalist and actually gives a, a, a flip about the truth. He destroyed an, a, a leftist idiot on Twitter, and it has to be exposed. It is so funny. Oliver Darcy's the idiot, and he got his ass handed to him on a silver platter. How about a professor's woke history book? Uh, published by National Geographic, facts about Rosa Parks and Kyle Rittenhouse were getting wrong. But again, history is not about history anymore, is it? It's about indoctrination. Just remember that, my friends. All that and more today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought with me, Doug Hagan. Yep, you're right. It's time to kick this pig. All right, folks, let's get down to it. Campus Reform, uh, a professor's history book, which was recently published by National Geographic, has some factual errors that uh, caught some readers' attention. The author apologized for the Rittenhouse error, and the electronic version contains an apparently corrected passage. Uh, Sterling Mosley, the Texas campus correspondent for Uh, Campus Reform wrote this. National Geographic has published University of California at Los Angeles professor Kara Cooney's book, which upon release contains historical errors about Rosa Parks and Cal Rittenhouse. Uh, Campus Reform obtained a copy of Cooney's e-book, a work of historical nonfiction on ancient Egyptian pharaohs that uses recent cultural history, which according to the description, uncovers the reason why societies have so willingly chosen a dictator over democracy time and time again. Well, I don't know. I know the left loves dictators. They're always always seeking to be dictatorial themselves or get somebody in power who is dictatorial. It's just the way they are. They crave control. Either they crave to be controlled or they crave controlling others. Uh, The publication called The Good King's Absolute Power in Ancient Egypt and the Modern World asserted that Rosa Parks, you remember her, the bus uh, national icon because of her actions, uh, took a seat in the white section of a public bus and started the Montgomery bus boycott. If we are to change the patriarchy from within, we'll have to use different tactics from the ones we've tried before. Consider the example of black of the Black Lives Matter movement, whose radical <clears throat> excuse me, radical inclusion of all manner of people is the jujitsu move against more 
powerful opposition. We all remember that the fight against separate but equal segregation at lunch counters, elementary schools, universities, and public spaces made Rosa Parks a hero when she took a seat in the white section of a public bus and started the Montgomery bus boycott. But the people who led the charge in the 60s were male civil rights leaders. Uh, Medgar Evers, Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, John Lewis. In the 1960s, patriarchy combated patriarchy. Parks was not seated in the white section of the bus, but rather just behind the front white section. Uh, the Henry Ford Museum of American Innovation explains on its website, when every seat in the white section was taken, uh, the bus driver ordered the black passengers in the middle row to stand so a white man could sit. The seamstress refused. That was Rosa Parks. The museum's text states, it wasn't that she sat somewhere. She had a seat already. And the thing that she did was, no, I'm not going to give up my seat for a white guy. And good for her. But history has to be changed. The facts can't matter now because we have to get into the civil rights movement becoming about patriarchy combating patriarchy. We can't even honor heroes anymore, icons. We can't get the facts about what they did or didn't do straight. We have to change the narrative. History is just going to be, uh, keep being rewritten and rewritten and rewritten and rewritten by these lunatics on the left. And soon no one will have a clue what American history is. And that will not be good. The driver, back to the story, told the riders in the four seats of the first row of the, quote, colored section to stand, in effect, adding another row to the white section. Uh, the history.com website states Cooney is a professor of near and middle Eastern languages and culture. Additionally, Amazon reviewers noticed that the hard copy of the book contained a factual error about Kyle Rittenhouse, who was recently acquitted of five charges, including two counts of first degree murder, intentional homicide. Uh, Carrie McKinney of the OANN. I'm literally wheezing. This is so funny. She tweeted, this is the last chapter of Good Kings by Egyptologist Kara Cooney. I say this delicately. She's not the brightest, and it shows. <coughs> and the text reads this. Kyle Rittenhouse, who used his semi... Uh, let me see if I can blow this up from Twitter here. It's not blowing up like I thought it would. I need all the text so I can actually read it. I'll try to get it up here in a second. At times, my internet is not the fastest in the world. Uh, who used his semi-automatic weapon to kill two black men in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, so again, this idiot has Kyle Rittenhouse using a semi-automatic weapon to kill two black people in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Oh, goodness. See, this is, again... The idea of reporting on Kyle Rittenhouse isn't about historically what happened. Okay, all the evidence presented, the story presented as it happened, the trial, everything else, they can't do that. They have to make it racial. Thus, the inclusion of this story where Kyle Rittenhouse, in a fictional narrative, killed two black men. But he didn't. He killed 
to white people who both attacked him and tried to kill him. He wounded a third, and he was acquitted of all charges. But again, the facts can't matter. We have to have uh, stupid people rewriting our history for us to, I imagine they would say, to cleanse it or to make it more, give it more clarity and give it more uh, more use as a, uh, I don't know, uh, a weapon almost against America. Because again, this all comes back down to one thing. America bad. That is the left's mantra, basically. Uh, 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse, who used a semi-automatic weapon to kill two black men in Kenosha. That's the thing that Cooney, Kara Cooney wrote. Uh, Rittenhouse killed two white men, which his legal representation argued during the trial was in self-defense, and the jury agreed. <coughs> but again, facts, they not important no more. The error was apparently corrected in the ebook, which now states that Rittenhouse killed two white men in Kenosha, Wisconsin, while waging a glorious race war. Huh. So the text was corrected, and they got the race of the people he shot uh, right. But the part about uh, the glorious race war that Kyle Rittenhouse was, where did that even come from? Where does that even come from? And why would a white person go kill two white people and shoot a third white person in interest of a glory, quote, glorious race war? Unbelievable. And this is the actual text from the book in context. Or consider 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse who used his semi-automatic weapon to kill two white men in Kenosha, Wisconsin, while waging a glorious race war on behalf of his inherited white power. I mean, if you're going to make shit up, I guess make it really good, right? I mean, really go out of bounds with it. Uh, That's not to mention the white people who rallied behind him to post his bail. So now if you post someone else's bail because you feel they've been wrongfully charged, You're a white supremacist. You're a bad person. Unbelievable. Fear has gripped the patriarchy and the threat of righteous violence or the lethal use of it is the patriarchy's response. In other words, white guys aren't getting their things their way now. So they're just out there threatening and then killing people. Completely, completely bogus, completely irresponsible, immoral, untrue. Just keep going. I mean, what kind of person puts this in a book to be taken seriously and intends it to be taken seriously? You're sick. In a tweet Tuesday, Cooney addressed the error and apologized for the, quote, mistake. Uh, she wrote on page 341 of the Good Kings, I state that Cal Rittenhouse shot two black men when instead he shot two white men. That was my mistake, and I apologize. The response has been a hateful stew of ridicule and denial that America has a race problem at all. The last country on earth you would label as having a race problem, if you were fair, objective, and observed, would be America. We're heavily multicultural country. People of Asian descent, Pacific Islander descent, black, white, 
Hispanic and all that implies because there's there's Puerto Ricans, there's Cubans, people from the Caribbean, people from South and Central America, people from Mexico, all the different races and ethnicities and religions in this country. And we get along splendidly. Now, I know the left's trying to ruin that, but we get along splendidly. But people like Kara Cooney would rather lie to you. What's wrong with our education system? There's a good example right there. Just make it up. And when you get caught lying, apologize for the most, the, the simplest, easiest to accept lie. But continue to put in your very biased slant uh, in your textbook. Very sad, my friends. Very sad. You got to keep your eye on these, uh, these folks. <coughs> Let me see, where to next? If you haven't heard of Matt Walsh, he uh, <clears throat> he has a podcast on the Daily Wire. He's a great, great thinker, very bright guy. Uh, one of my favorite commentators because he's actually entertaining, engaging, and informative. He's not just a mouthpiece who gets on TV and, and repeats talking points. I I have no use for those folks. Uh, but he's very entertaining, and he will say what the hell he thinks, and he will not apologize for it. And he will actually defend, if, if you're willing to debate him, he'll debate somebody, and usually he'll win. Uh, but he was suspended uh, from Twitter uh, this past Friday, that would be yesterday, That count for his posts that counter-argued the gender identity of transgender people. Uh, the platform, again, Twitter, <clears throat> suspended Walsh for 12 hours. So I guess he's back on now. <coughs> Four tweets containing statements refuting transgenderism by pointing out these things that are God, so inconvenient, biological facts, so boring. Bring biology and science into it, come on. Uh, facts rather than gender identity. The suspension could be expend, extended if the censored tweets are not removed uh, from the podcast host's account. Uh, they threatened me with something like that before, a while back. And it was uh, Touré, who's a left-wing left wing Marxist nutcase who whines about race constantly. He's he's not bright, but he, he was referencing something in a, a sporting event and a fan did something to a player, and the player socked the fan in the face. And he basically said that was just for the, the fan to be hit by the player because he was threatening the player. So basically he said, good, he got hit in the face. He deserved it. And I think he was referencing uh, former Gator Vernon Maxwell, NBA player, uh, who had a bad temper. He did not have a great attitude, but he had a, uh, him and his wife had a child who, who either, I believe died shortly after birth. And a few days after that in an NBA game, some fan, uh, brought that up and criticizing Vernon Maxwell said something about your baby dying in a very nasty thing. And Maxwell punched him in the face and good. Again, I didn't like Vernon Maxwell as a person. I thought he was a jerk. But you know what? Sometimes jerks do the right thing. 
So basically what I did was agreed with Tori that, yeah, the, the guy that hit in the face, he kind of earned it. In fact, he did earn it. And they suspended me for fulminating violence. And I wrote back and said, look, read all the other tweets. They all say the same thing as mine. They all basically say Maxwell did the right thing. So if you're going to suspend me, suspend all of them, and I'm not taking it down. So there you go. So Twitter screws up sometimes. But uh, this is what Matt Walsh apparently got in trouble for. There was a tweet on December the 30th. He wrote, the greatest female Jeopardy champion of all time is a man. Uh, Walsh said in a December 30th tweet, according to the Daily Wire, the top female college swimmer is a man. Uh, the first female four-star admiral in the public health service is a man. And men have dominated female high school track and female MMA, that's mixed martial arts circuit. The patriarchy wins in the end. So he's being sarcastic, making fun of transgender sports, where biological men get to compete against women which is exceedingly unfair and unjust to the women who work their butts off to be as good as, as they are at what they do uh, in track or swimming or any, any sport, MMA included. And I didn't know about the female Jeopardy champion being a man until the other day. And I saw a video and I, I think they won over a million dollars now. So anyway, man, woman, they're smarter than me. <clears throat> at least about trivia. Uh, <clears throat> there was another tweet that Walsh put out that said, I am not referring to an individual person as if she is two people. A separate tweet stated, Every else can, everyone else can run around sounding like maniacs if they want, but I will not be participating. No, thank you. In other words, he's not playing the bullshit game. And Walsh announced his suspension during his Friday appearance on the Tucker Carlson Tonight Show, which is on Fox, uh, I think, 7 or 8 o'clock Eastern, five days a week. Usually a good show. I like Tucker Carlson. Uh, he has some very informative bits and very substantive bits. He's one of the better hosts for... Actually, if you watch his broadcast, you get something out of it. Some people on Fox are just strictly for the news news angle or something else, but and some are just trying to throw the red meat out there. Uh, I like I like Tucker a lot. I like Matt Walsh a lot, uh, and I wish that uh, Fox would get to get together and decide. You keep Tucker, but you need to give. Listen, Fox. Listen to me. You need to give Katie Pavlich her own show. Whenever she subs for somebody. That show automatically gets better. That show goes from, as far as I'm concerned, unwatchable or eh, whatever. If I'm really bored, nothing else on, I'll watch it. But it goes from to, to must-see TV. And I'll DVR it. I'll record it. Because Katie does a great job of informing and entertaining. Just from my perspective, Fox. Uh, I just found out five minutes ago, just before we went to the air, that I just got suspended on Twitter because I pointed out that biological males are men, Walsh said. And this, to me, is all part of the game here. That This is what leftism is. And if you criticize it, then you, they're going to shut you down because they realize 
It's not like they can engage intellectually. It's not like they can defend intellectually any of the examples that you displayed. And if you go to the Daily Caller, there's a video of, of the interview with him and Tucker. Uh, the platform that uh, Twitter we're speaking of, they have a hateful conduct policy <coughs> forbids users from using violence on the basis of race, 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 excuse me, ethnicity, national origin, caste, sexual orientation, and gender identity. Their rationale states that the platform promotes everyone's right to express their opinion and beliefs without barriers. It reads in part, free expression is a human right. We believe that everyone has a voice and a right to use it. Our role is to serve the public conversation, which requires representation of a diverse range of perspectives. Unless you call a dude that's a dude pretending to be a woman a dude, then you'll be suspended. <clears throat> so there, there you go. That's the story with... Uh, Matt Walsh and Twitter and the speech codes. And now, Daniel Greenfield, great writer. Uh, www.danielgreenfield.org. Extremely important website. This is one of the most informative and heroic writers you will ever hear about. Big fan of Daniel Greenfield. His pieces are long. They are in-depth, but they're quick reads, and they are extremely informative and extremely important. <coughs> and today, well, the other day, actually, December the 27th, he had a piece out uh, about the, well, I'll just read, read the intro to you. The son of a bank vice president decided to teach about white privilege to his students in Sullivan County, Tennessee, where their per capita income is $28,000, just over that. After he was fired, the media decided to turn him into a victim. He taught about white privilege and got fired. Now he's fighting to get his job back, the headline blared. A GoFundMe for Matthew Hahn by his sister, a principal in the Tennessee public school system, has already raised over fifty-five grand of its projected $85,000 goal. That's more money than a lot of the locals in Appalachia would likely would be likely to earn in a year's time. Uh, Sullivan County is 95% white, 2% black. The rate of hungry children in the region is double the national rate, and a third of those children live in Sullivan County. At Sullivan Central High School... Uh, where Han decided to teach about white privilege, 96% of the students are white, 1% are Hispanic, 1% is Asian. And the number of black students, too small to count. 41% of the students are eligible for the free lunch program. That means their parents meet federal poverty guidelines. Another 9% qualify for the reduced lunch program, which indicates that their parents don't earn very much. Even though half the student body at Sullivan Central is low income, the graduation rate is, listen, listen, 90%. The idea that economics has anything to do with getting an education or applying yourself in school is absolute manure, to be polite. So 90% of these kids grow up in poverty, basically, 
and 90% of them graduate. <clears throat> Unbelievable. Uh, and the students rank in the top 20% for reading proficiency. Education, teaching someone something, is such a valuable thing. But if they apply themselves and you teach well and they learn, it doesn't cost dollars. It doesn't cost a lot of money. This is living proof right here. You can understand why Han, who had taught for 16 years, decided to introduce them to the concept of white privilege. Again, these are poor white kids. Applying themselves, getting good grades, doing well, and being proficient in things like literacy. And he's trying to shame them. Because he's woke, I guess. The article that helped debut Han's sob story to the wealthy progressives of the nation who, sh who showered his GoFundMe with cash began by describing the social studies teacher in rural Tennessee who was driving to work listening to NPR. There's your problem right there. NPR, National Public Radio which was going on about racism. It's hard to envision a better summary of the culture class between lefty elites and America. White privilege is a fact. Han reportedly ran it in students. What are we going to do is we are going to discuss how we can help solve the issue of racism in America. What can we do here in Northeast Tennessee? Yeah, some people shouldn't be teachers. Sullivan County, and for that matter, the Tri-Cities area, have fairly few black people with 2.4% black population. That's not many black people to save in Northeast Tennessee. But Han set out to resolve racism by teaching his low-income students that America was systemically racist, beginning with an essay by, by black nationalist bigot, and bigot's the right word for uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates. In his infamous book, Between the World and Me, Coates has declared uh, that the firefighters <clears throat> and police officers who were killed on September 11th, remember, planes in the buildings, Twin Towers fall, he declared that those firefighters and officers who were killed were not human to me. I don't know what kind of person Coates is. I don't know whether he's just a hack who uh, makes films in a clever way and just says crap like that because he wants attention. Clickbait, so to speak. I don't know if he's just an actual piece of human feces. I know I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't give the guy the time of day. Okay? He's an ugly person inside whether it's to make money or whether it's legitimate hate, I don't know. To me, if you talk like a bigot and act like a bigot, you're a damn bigot and you can go burn in hell as far as I'm concerned. To be clear, so if you call the first responders not human to you, my first desire, frankly, is to punch you in your face and watch you cry like a little bitch. That's my first response. I know that's not the proper response. And I'm not asking or telling or in any way saying anybody should do that. But that's my first response is so, uh, remember the concept of fighting words, that there's words you can say to somebody that if they punch you in the face, you're they are justified to do it. To me, those sound like fighting words. 
but again, I'm not advocating violence. <clears throat> I would advocate exposing Mr. Coates for what he is, a bigot. And the fact is, you can't find a Klan leader in this country who uh, has the access to the media like Coach does. I mean, Coach had his own show on CNN for a while. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, in the uh, first white president, the S.A. Hahn inflicted on his students, Coates raved that whiteness, again, just being white, was a but bloody heirloom. And that land theft and human plunder cleared the grounds for Trump's forefathers. You're teaching kids who are almost exclusively white that they're bad people for being white. Again, that makes you a bottom-feeding bigot. And yet Coates is held up as some standard, some expert on race relations in this country by the media. Uh, Trump's grandfather, a barber, moved to Lower East Side of New York City in the 1880s, but Coates and his ilk are as indifferent to facts as the 1619 Project or the rest of the crisp critical race theory establishment. <coughs> Pardon me. There's a lot of people more concerned about being precisely, factually, and semantically correct than about being morally right. You know who said that? Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who apparently all Republicans want to date, has argued. Now, understand that sounds like a stupid statement, but read into it. This is a classic communist statement. This is the values of communism. Facts, precision, being correct, they don't count. You need to be morally right. And morally right is defined as being whatever the communists tell you is morally right. As Greenfield writes, and being morally right is another way of saying being morally superior to the kids at a rural Tennessee high school. Uh, their low-income parents and everyone who doesn't believe that they, along with America and all white people, are horrible racists who need to be called out. In Coates' essay, the country's racist scribe to the racist elite dismisses the idea of a cultural, uh, quote, backlash against contempt for white working class people by elites. And yet what's happening in Sullivan County as a result of his essay perfectly encapsulates that backlash to the elites who embraced Han and have nothing but contempt for the locals for standing up to him. And I would urge you to go read the rest of the piece. It's quite a bit longer, but a lot to learn and glean from the writings of Daniel Greenfield. And he nails this one. <coughs> Pardon me. Absolutely nails the pompous, arrogant left. How condescending, how elitist, how snobby these people are. They are the really despicable people. I don't know how else to say it. They're, they're simply dripping with disdain for anyone who's lesser than them. Truly despicable. And now, the final story, on to Diogenes' middle finger. And now, my friends, to wrap us up, we go to Diogenes' middle finger. Tremendous blog. 
tremendously talented lady, very funny, very sarcastic. Uh, big fan of hers. She's all right for an LSU fan. That's the best thing to say about her. Uh, but here's the title of her latest post. Uh, just a couple days ago, Glenn Greenwald uh, torches Oliver Darcy's <laughs> nads, sends him back home to Tater. Now, uh, Glenn Greenwald is a liberal, uh, but he's a, a thinker. He actually believes in freedom of speech. He actually believes that journalists should be journalists. And he's a very, very, uh, to me, a very good guy. Because disagree on some issues with him. But you have to respect somebody who respects freedom of speech, freedom of the press, and the role of the media uh, that he, he, I think he agrees with most conservatives. He would report the news and shut up anything else. Um, <clears throat> but Diogenes, Diogenes writes, like Christmas morning, Ollie and Tater jumped from bed to join in the media event they, like others, had long waited for Tater being uh, the George Costanza of the media, as I labeled him, Brian Stelter, uh, Mr. Excitement. Uh, sorry about that. A, a bird just flew in my window. Not in, but hit the window, and I wonder what the heck it was. Uh, January 6th, CNN's chief media hall monitor, uh, monitors Tweedledee and Tweedledum both had prepared well for their day of monitoring a real news channel's coverage, and both had plenty to say. But as Oliver Darcy took to the tweeter, he probably wasn't expecting a real journalist and rational thinker like Gr Glenn Greenwald to be listening. So Darcy, who's he's not just a an air, he's not just an idiot. He's one of these idiots that is especially irritating because they're so better than you. They're so condescending. They try to talk down to people. Their nose is high, high in the air. They're better and smarter than you, and you know it. And they really are this incredibly stupid people. Not just wrong ideologically, but this, just a box of rocks is stupid. Okay? I mean, a dried-up mud puddle has more common sense than Oliver Darcy. <clears throat> just the way it is. He tweets the word insurrection has not been uttered once during their coverage of January 6th on Fox this morning, other than Biden using it during his speech, which the network aired uh, per, so, per search of show transcripts. So Oliver Darcy is, is butthurt. He is so butthurt that Fox is not using the term insurrection. You've got to use it. And if you don't, Oliver Darcy will soil himself like a baby and pound on the floor and scream uh, because they couldn't have a toy or something. <clears throat> well, uh, Glenn Greenwald saw what Oliver Darcy wrote. And he responded to Mr. Oliver Darcy this way. He tweeted, so Fox <coughs> has uttered insurrection the same number of times as the Department of Justice has issued indictments for that crime, referring to 1-6 as an insurrection when the Democrat-led DOJ has failed to charge even a single person with that crime is not a source of pride for a media outlet. 
So basically, he just roasted Mr. Darcy right there because the Department of Justice has charged no one with insurrection. Yet CNN and other media whores continue to insist insurrection, insurrection, insurrection. I mean, the Democrats in Congress and the commentators, they can't go two sentences without saying insurrection four times when discussing this. And then Darcy decided he was going to fire back. He was going to summon up his intellectual, intellectual uh, wealth, and he was going to aim it all at Glenn Greenwald. And he tweeted back, DM me a mailing address, and I'll be happy to send over a dictionary. And then he has the... the uh, the definition of insurrection, which is a violent uprising against an authority. Um, and Greenwald, of course, responded <laughs> by, again, correcting him. Uh, Greenwald replies, there's only one person with the power to charge Americans with the crime of insurrection. Relating to one six, it's not a Fox anchor. His name is Merrick Garland, but since he's a Democrat, CNN <coughs> CNN pers- uh, personalities like Oliver Darcy can't criticize him, so they attack Fox for it instead. And basically what you just heard, what this was, I guess would be the, the definition of an intellectual ass-beating. What happened to Oliver Darcy, intellectually speaking, ideologically speaking, common sense speaking, would be the same as if I was to go find a, a Green Beret and attempt to, to take him out physically to beat his butt. I would be stomped in the mud. Oliver Darcy, intellectually, just got stomped in the mud, of course. Again, Oliver Darcy is... Uh, <clears throat> I don't know how many IQ points he is away from being sp- special. But uh, it's not that many. Uh, Dogenous adds, it's embarrassingly sad how much time a supposed news outlet spends covering what the other more popular successful news outlet is covering. It certainly comes across as sour grapes and desperation. (coughs) And Ariel Davidson tweeted this to just add insult to injury. Our legal system doesn't operate on Google Dictionary. Good grief. So Oliver Darcy, who really thinks he's a smart guy, he really does. He's proud of himself. Uh, He can eat with a fork and spoon and not get too much on his bib and all of that. Uh, Even his picture on Twitter, it looks incredibly smug. He just looks like that. The guy who tries to be an intellectual bully because they're smarter than others, and just gets ripped to shreds by someone he would look down upon. Uh, He is a senior media reporter for CNN, uh, covering the intersection of media and politics, sometimes tech, and he has his uh, email there, info, excuse me, darcy at cnn.com. If you want to email him and tell him that a guy with a podcast just uh, put his boot to his ass, too. I mean, Oliver Darcy, really, he's he's a joke. 
and I love when people like that smug, arrogant people get put in their place. It is so sweet. It is so very sweet. But anyway, my friends, that's it for me today. Uh, thank you for listening. Morning, noon, night, whenever you listen, I appreciate you. I will get the new financial information for you for uh, <clears throat> donating to the podcast and the Delegator blog on Monday. <clears throat> uh, dealing with a lot of other stuff right now with my mom not doing too well with her uh, diabetes and uh, uh, dialysis and things like that. She's having more issues with with caring for her like she's never hungry now and she's always whenever this time for breakfast or lunch or it doesn't matter what what meal she's not hungry at all and she just ate anyway which she didn't uh and anyway that's kind of uh can be a hassle because when someone has diabetes the eating part is very important with the insulin because you have to you can't let the numbers go too low and there are many nights she's She's sworn to me that she's eaten and not hungry at all. And you take her sugar and it's 77. So your, your blood sugar is 77. You still haven't had your insulin shot for the evening and you need to eat. So I dealing with that can uh, be stressful and things like that. But anyway, thank you for listening. I do appreciate it. Um, God bless you all. Take care. Remember three golden rules to life. Go Gators. God bless America. And if you're left, you just ain't right. And if you're Oliver Darcy, you just ain't that damn swift, are you, boy? God bless y'all, my friends. I will talk to you on Monday. I plan to take tomorrow off. <clears throat> and uh, rest the voice and other things. <clears throat> and uh, nurse my left knee, which hurts like hell right now. But thank you again for everything. Thank you for the support. God bless you. Take care. Be good. Be good to your kids. Take your vitamins. Eat your uh, eat your uh, uh, well-balanced meal. Don't drink too much beer. And by God, if you're going to drink a lot of beer, invite me over. Come on, man. Don't be a bone. Take care, my friends. We will yak at you Sunday. Or excuse me, Monday. Have a great weekend. Take care. And God bless.